This is the Wealthy Contractor Podcast, brought to you by G4 Marketing. Interviews with today's top home improvement entrepreneurs about marketing, sales, money, mindset, and lifestyle. Now, here's your host, Brian Kaskavalsian. This is Brian Kaskavalsian with G4 Marketing. Welcome to the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. As an entrepreneur, an important lesson I've learned is that it's always best to learn from experts and people that have been there and done that. Some entrepreneurs are too proud to ask for help or to listen to the advice of others. But if you go that route, I've seen time and time again that you usually end up spinning your wheels and learning lessons the hardest way possible. Believe me, been there. So I'm excited to bring an absolute expert to you today in the area of business growth to help you avoid those inevitable growing pains. Back in 1979, Lindis Construction started from nothing, but today they bring in more than $30 million a year. And co-owner Emily Lindis says that one of the most critical ways they grew their business was by listening to best practices from other companies just like theirs. So today, Emily is returning the favor and sharing some of her experience, tips, and knowledge with us on the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. So get ready to take some notes as Emily shares with us how she grew her business and some insights that will help you take your business to new heights. So let's get to it. Well, Emily, welcome to the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. Um, uh, I'm really excited to have you with us today. And I want to start off by having you tell us a little bit about Lindis Construction today. Okay. Well, Lindis Construction is a full-service construction company, mainly residential. We do new home construction but our main focus is exterior. So it's metal roofing, roofing, siding, windows, gutters, leaf guard gutters, of course. And we we do about $30 million in sales a year, and we have just over 100 employees. Wow. Yeah. And aren't you, don't you have multiple offices as well? We do. We have multiple locations that started mostly with leaf guard gutters, and they're once they get established a little more, they expand into roofing and windows and uh, a few other things. How many? How many different offices? Oh, let's see. We have about six now. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's where where you are today, and we'll kind of come back to that. But what I always like to go back to is because you started this from scratch, basically, right? We did. Okay. So I want to know more about that. 1979. Tell me a little bit about that. Tell me a little bit about how you started the business. Well, it was my husband, and um, he wanted more money and his current employer didn't want to give him that raise and so he started his own siding company and worked with his brother for a few years and expanded and continued and eventually got our own employees and um, added on a few things windows and uh, then roofing eventually and but mainly stuck with exterior and then we added on um, one of his 
classmates who is great in the in the interior world. So that's when we started uh, custom remodeling and new home construction. And over the years, it's just grown and grown. <laughs> and then we and added grown. on leaf and grown. <laughs> in um, in ninety five, we added on leaf guard gutters. And that kind of changed our world uh, with how we look at things and how we grow our businesses. And uh, we became very successful with that. And then we started adding other businesses in different locations. So that's how that started. Why did why did LeafGuard change? Why did LeafGuard change everything? Well, it's it was a, a franchise for one, and so we had certain criteria that we had to meet, and certain protected territories. So that was new to us. So we had to adhere to some of those uh, rules, and when we would get together for our annual meetings, you know, we'd meet with other dealers. We would learn best practices, and I would absolutely have to say the secret to our success was following best practices and actually doing them mm-hmm. and of course customer service taking care of the customer taking care of the customer it's number 1 and the rest follows if you have your happy customers and it's trial and error sometimes mm-hmm. but when we complete a job We've always said, my husband always said, you know, I'm not going to give you money back. I'm going to fix it until you're happy. And that's always been our number one rule. That's great. So in 1995, before you started with LeafGuard, what was your sales volume then? I know it was 20 years ago, so it's going to be a little bit different, but what was the sales volume? Oh, about you know, I'm thinking back in '91. I think in '91, I think we did a million dollars. Okay. '95, uh, you know, we were in, you know, we were in a small ter- territory, so, um, you know, we didn't even consider expanding at that point. Maybe two or three okay. million in sales. Um, then in '95, we started, and. When I went to my first meeting and I found out what some of these other dealers were doing, I was so embarrassed. Um, <laughs> so um, we'd done 6,000 feet the first year, and then I went and I listened to some of their their marketing ideas and their best practices, and and uh, we went from 6,000 feet to 70,000 feet to you know now we're doing 4 to 500,000 feet a year. Wow. So, yeah. you said you were embarrassed. Is that <laughs> what motivated you? Or Probably. was it something else? Oh, no, no, no. You know, um I think adversity sometimes creates the best uh, motivation of all. And I just thought, you know, we were always successful what we what we saw successful and you know, I thought we'd done pretty good for the short time we were in the business Mm -hmm. and then I realized uh, we did not do well (laughs) because other people were you know way advanced uh, with their installation and and their footage and and things like that so um, like I said I I listened 
we followed the best practices and and we implemented them and and we've been growing ever since so generally from what i find is there's a there's certain points in in a business that are where things have to change pretty dramatically so getting mm-hmm. from a zero to a million dollars is one kind of road then going from a million to about two to three is kind of a next level. And then going from that level to five is kind of a different level. I don't know if you agree mm-hmm. with my, these are my Absolutely. observations and my experience. <laughs> and yep. then going from five to ten yep. is another level. And then ten plus is a, just a whole other animal. Right. Do right. You, no, do you, you're, you're spot on. Yeah. So do you kind of... Uh, do you remember back then, I mean, what you had to do to kind of prepare yourself to go from $2 million to $5 million? Absolutely. And and we did it wrong the first time, so um, I learned the hard way. Uh, with growth, growth can kill a company so fast, and it makes you lose focus of of what you need to be doing. So you you get your your cart in front of the horse, if you will. Mm -hmm. So when you grow too fast, you don't have the infrastructure to support your growth. And that's when the errors happen, the mistakes, the costly things, accidents, things like that. That happens. Or you're undercapitalized, you know. So um, we learned the hard way the first time. Um, So we just slowed down refocused and and I'd have to say that's when we really um we really started our growth is when is when we figured it out you, you've got to have your infrastructure you've got to know what your vision is and where you want to go and then you've got to get the right people that know your vision agree with it and help you bring it to everything else and and in the meantime you've got to take care of your customers and that's the number one thing. You can market forever, but if you're not getting satisfied customers and reviews, especially in today's world, mm-hmm. it's it's going to be a struggle for you no matter what you do. You're just going to spend a lot of money marketing. Right. But if you have happy customers and they're going to say good things about you, that's that's where your business is going to grow. And your employees. You've got happy employees doing what they were meant to be doing. You know, that's the, that's the pattern for success. Builder Prime is changing the game for home improvement contractors. Imagine having everything you need to help your business grow in one place. CRM, estimating marketing automation with SMS, production management software, and now call center dialer integration, all wrapped into one easy-to-use package. And it's never been easier to switch CRMs. Hundreds of contractors trust Builder Prime to grow their businesses with powerful reporting tools to see which leads are making money, which sales reps are the top performers, and where to optimize for the greatest impact. We're talking about winning more jobs, boosting productivity, and delighting your customers. Are you ready to fuel your business growth even faster without all the daily frustrations of your current tech stack? You owe it to yourself, your team, and your business 
to learn why everyone is switching over to Builder Prime, the only true does-it-all CRM for home improvement contractors. Head over to BuilderPrime.com and request a personalized demo with an expert today. Yeah, I want to come back to that in a minute um, because I think okay. that's a that's a big topic, and I know that that's an area where you are you are really strong. But I want to kind of so when you say infrastructure, so if 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 we're if we're at two million dollars and we've got the infrastructure for two million, do mm-hmm. you go and start preparing the infrastructure for five million and then start moving towards it? Um, yeah. How, how does that Absolutely. work? Well, you need to know what you what you're going to be doing to get to the five million for one thing, and in in our business, for instance, you know we had these great employees and great installers. We got our systems down so that everything was working like clockwork. We had our our support staff that was working and all working together as a team, but we could take more on. We were ready to take more on. So that's when you, you know, push for your growth and maybe add a product or, you know, beef up your marketing, um, you know, pursue things like that. That's when you're ready for your growth. And then it's not going to hurt your bottom line or your final product. But that's, scary because it is <laughs> you don't have the business coming in to support the infrastructure mm-hmm. but you need the infrastructure in order to grow right right so it yeah it's a risk it you know being a business owner or being in business it's it's scary every day right but if you want to really be successful and get to where you're going you know, as the the business owner, you need to know where you want to go. So, you know, um, we went from we were scared to go from fifteen to twenty million. My sons were like, you know, um, you know, that's kind of scary. How are we going to do that? And it was actually quite easy because we were ready. We had the right people. You know, now we went from twenty to thirty. You know, we didn't have a lot of hiccups because we follow that same process. You've got the right people doing the right thing, and we don't lose focus on our product, on customer satisfaction, on satisfied employees. That's that's the utmost key. If you've got chaos in your organization, you are not going to reach your growth. You're going to be spending time on chaos. Right. So let me ask you kind of a a personal question. You can not answer the question, but mm-hmm. how do you how do you it's 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 even for me it's kind of hard to even formulate the question. But what I want to know is what were you thinking when you're sitting at five million dollars and I'm going to assume that you were profitable and mm-hmm. you were making what many people would consider very, very good money. Mm-hmm. How do you then, what what motivated you or what helped you make the decision to say, you know what, we want to go 
more. We want to go to, I don't know what your next level was, 7 million, 8 million, 10 million. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you want to 7 to 12, yeah. Yeah, I mean, how do you personally, because, you know, a lot of people have money issues. They have right. their, you know, they make their, whatever the amount is, it could be 30000 it could be 300000 it could be $3 million. It doesn't matter what the number is. How did you right. move the number in your mind? Not practically well, in the business. How do you move the number in your mind? Well, you you need to everything that you purchase. It's it's a saying that we've always had. How are we going to pay for it? Mm-hmm. What are we going to do? How are we going to pay for it? It's either by our product prices or by volume. So you've got to get that figured out. Yeah, it's scary to do that. Um, I I think, you know, without sounding um, too braggy, <laughs> we realized after seeing other companies, and especially now, you know, looking at reviews and things like that, mm-hmm. you know, we we know we're very good. Right. We know we have customer satisfaction. And so we want to grow that. We want to be better. We always wanted to be number one. We just always have. We never wanted the cheapest product. We wanted the best product. So that's always been our focus. You know, we're never going to be the cheapest one, probably. And we don't want to be. We want to be the best. Right. We want the longevity. We want the satisfied customer. We want to be recommended by our customers to their children, that kind of thing. So when we add on a vehicle or when we add on employees, how are we going to pay for that? You know, are we going to have a product increase or are we going to have a volume increase? You know, we're going to raise our prices or we're going to increase our volume. You know, you've, you've got to think of those things. You've got to figure that out. So anytime we ever do anything, and and you know well I'll hear you know we haven't worked in Linda's construction per se for probably four or five years, mm-hmm. but that is still their motto. We're going to add something. We're going to do something. How are we going to pay for it? So you know you of course you've got to be conscious of that when you're adding things. Yeah, it's a lot of work to be in business. <laughs> it is a lot of work to be in business. Um, but why do we do it? Because we love it. We love satisfying customers. I love business. I it, it comes easy to me, it seems. It comes easy to my husband. It comes easy to my sons. And we love it. We love satisfied customers. Um, we love it our comes- employees. We love watching employees. We've got employees retiring with, you know, millions of dollars, you know, I love that. I'm very proud of that. Wait you know? a minute. You and have not employees a doctor that are, or a lawyer. You have employees that are retiring with millions of dollars. In their 401ks. Wow. You know, we've always been big on, you know, we're only as good as the people around us. Mm-hmm. So we've always had really good people. And, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of success in our company in with individuals. So You said it comes um, you said it comes easy to you. 
It didn't always. Okay. <laughs> Once tell we figured me more it about, out, though. Tell me more about that. It comes easy to you. That's a great, that's an awesome statement. <laughs> well, you know, I, I can go in to look at a business. Um, my husband can. My sons can. You know, we see it all the time in our organizations. Um, and again, you know, I don't mean to keep saying that, but we're always at the top of whatever organization we've been part of, whether it's roofing, windows, siding, leaf guard, um, you know, my consulting business, you know, one of the top people that offer a product because we know what not to do. And it's 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 so simple. It it seems so easy, but it's just truly following simple processes and doing it. We all know them. We all know it needs to be done. But if you don't do well, them... Well, but what's interesting is, and this is where I see that a lot of people struggle, is it all starts with a decision. Yeah. And it sounds to me like you made a decision some while back that only the best was going to do for you. Right. And these are individual decisions too, by the way. You know, for those sure. that are listening, they decided they were, you know, Linda decided that they were going to be the best, number one in everything that they did. You don't have to be necessarily number one in your market. You don't have to be a $30 million company to be successful. No. Uh, it really depends on the individual. Um, but you have to make a decision about who you want to be and what your what you said earlier about your vision. Right, right. Uh, we help um, young companies, our young companies that we've, you know, did startups, you know, they're one in two million. Um, some of them want to get up to five million. You know, we help companies that are, you know, two million dollar companies, and that's what they want to do. They want to remain small. They want it to be comfortable. Right. And and and, that's and they're fine. happy with that. Yeah, that's absolutely that's, fine. Yeah, that's fine. But even that, all of that requires a decision. The decision is we're going to do things a certain way, and yeah. and um. And we're going to do what's what what fits with our vision. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So I I kind of just from our conversation, I kind of know what the answer to this next question is, but it's mm -hmm. something I want to dig into a little bit. So, what would you say is is was the number one key to the success of your business, getting you to where you are today? Oh, it would have to be customer service. And and great employees. Yeah. So let's talk about the people part of this. Mm -hmm. um, how do, how do you how do you um, how do you have such success with your people? I mean, people retiring with millions of dollars in their four hundred one k. How do you do that? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, we started a long time ago, and mm -hmm. and. You know, years ago, being in, in construction, and it's it's coming back again, it's really difficult to find people to um, to view construction as a viable path. 
path yeah, for it's a career. big issue right now. It's a you huge issue right now. Yeah. So, but, you know, years ago, the big attraction to get good people was uh, benefits and insurance, you know, the old-fashioned kind of benefits, mm-hmm. you know, insurance, vacation, holiday, you know, 401K, things like that. So we do that and we participate and we we contribute and you know we've seen three recessions and you know we did not make any concessions we kept our core people and we pulled together as an organization and all worked together to save money other ways wow so when so we so we stayed strong and we gained market share during those tough times where when companies were folding left and right and you know we really focused on our people and you know we didn't want to tell anyone that we didn't have work for them you know we got down to our a team only which was probably rare in most organizations but you know we hung on to our people and we kept those benefits and things and and I think that grew um, the pride in our organization, and it gave it gave the whole organization a lift. And and when things got better, we all got better, and we grew. And and good employees bring you good employees. What do you, you look know? for? What do you look for in people? Well, you look for the skill of what you're looking for, which is sometimes it sounds simple, but that can be very difficult. I think it's really important to have um, each job really defined of what you expect because if the person you're hiring doesn't meet those qualifications, you're always going to struggle. So that's that's number one. You know, we really define our positions and what is expected. And, and we have goals. We meet those goals or we discuss it, you know, that kind of thing. So when you're looking for a position to fill, put out what it is that you're looking for in those qualities, and those types of people will apply. Or if they don't, you don't hire that person. But so you've got the right person doing the right things, and they know it. And then you help that person grow that position. And we tell them, this is your; these are your duties, this is your position, you make it the best it can be. And that's always our goal. And how do they, how do they make it the best? I mean, mo- oh, most people aren't motivated. Well, if you've got the it right people, It sounds like it are. would and, require and a little motivation on their you part. You know, it does, but I believe... Motivation, I believe that you motivate your employees by them trusting you Mm -hmm. and you doing what you say you're going to do and by them knowing that you trust them and that whatever it is that they need to grow that, that's what you're going to help them with. You know, if, if they need some leadership training or management training, um th- those things are available that you know you you sit and discuss those things 
you know, twice a year or once a week. You know, we have we have an all company meeting once a month with every one of our employees. Wow. And that's not easy. No. It takes it takes time. It takes time away from our jobs. It's early in the morning. Some employees have to come earlier than they normally would. But you know what? Everyone in our organization knows what's going on. We know who loves us. We know who we let down, and we need to work harder on that. We know who's had a baby, whose grandma died. You know, that makes our organization of 100-plus people a real family. And and I think that's how you motivate your employees, wow, by letting them know awesome. that you care. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. So... Um, we have we have just a few minutes here, and and you said something a couple minutes ago. You said um, that for the last four or five years, you haven't really been working in Linda's construction. Um, is that true? It it is not on the day to day. Not um, in the day to day. Not on the day to day. I. Um, so what have you been doing? What do you do with yourself? Well, <laughs> um, a few years back, uh, we started a consulting business. Uh, 25-8 consulting and leadership training. So I am doing that in Lindis Construction and all of our other organizations, um, working with the owners and employees for those things. And it, you know, it runs a full gamut of, of whatever your organization needs. You know, maybe you need to work on teamwork. Maybe you need to work on leadership. Um, maybe to work on, you know, the vision of the organization and getting the rest of the team on board, those kinds of things. So so those are the kinds of things that I've been doing. Oh. Are you having fun? I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. It is. Yeah. Well, and I've, uh, you know, I've met you through Joy at Prime, and I've heard you speak at the meetings, and uh-huh. I've always been um, very impressed by what you've done at well, Linda's Construction, and um, good for you. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. I, um, thank you so, much. so look, I could I could keep this going for hours and hours, um, <laughs> but um, let's kind of wrap up here. So let's use both your entrepreneur, successful entrepreneur hat, and your consultant hat, and okay. let's just talk about. I mean, just. Real kind of quick, what are the most important keys for somebody that's starting out in 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 business or has been in business? What are the, what are really the most important keys? How would you okay. sum that up? Sure, sure. Well, I would say uh, if you're going to be starting a business, and you know we're, we do this, you know, quite often, I meet with the general manager. And we make sure, um, and I use um, DISC, which is an assessment tool, mm-hmm. to find out where that person's style is and, you know, the most successful styles for, for the leadership. And we discuss that person and what they need to be successful as as an owner or a leader of that organization. So that's number one. You've got to have that right person. 
Okay. You've got to be that right person. So we start there. Then we decide, I think the most important thing is, what do you want to do? What are your goals? You know, so set your goal. Maybe you want to start out doing $500,000 the first year. Uh, maybe it's 200000 or a million. Okay? You figure that out. Then you figure out whatever it is that you're doing, what kind of sales will get to that? How many salespeople will you need? And then how are you going to get your leads? And as the leader of the organization, you need to know all of that and have it ready. So when you bring people on board, this is what we're going to do. We're at this point. And set your goals. Have your markers. Meet often. Keep everything open and discuss it every day. You know, if you're you're not going to make your goal, then reorganize and and see where you can reach or what you can do. But you've all got to be on the same page, and it's got to start with the leadership. That main person needs to know where they're going to go and how they're going to get there. Wow. Great advice. Great advice. Well, Emily, thank you so much for joining yeah. us on this episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. And for those of you listening, if you got value out of this um, episode, please go to iTunes and uh, leave a review there. Uh, leave, uh, leave a rating. And uh, we'll include information about Linda's construction and about Emily's uh, consulting business. Also, if you're interested, we'll put that down into the, sh- the show notes um, in the resources section. So thank you, everybody, and uh, I'll see you on the next episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. This is Brian Kaskovalsian from G4 Marketing.